Hallelujah. Thank you very much, church. If you know we serve a God that uh, is worthy of all the praise, why don't you give him a hand clap of praise tonight, Jesus. I couldn't help but chuckle a little bit when my dad said that it wasn't the job of the pastor to get on the roof and give candy, and I, I kind of chuckled. I was like, yeah, that's the youth pastor's job. <laughs> leave, we'll leave the dangerous activities to the youth pastor. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, if you guys uh, didn't get the chance to come out, the Harvest Festival is definitely an incredible event that the church hosts here at, uh, at ARC, and I look forward to it every single year, and I know many of you do, and like Pastor said, many of the Many of the uh, people within the city look forward to it as well. So very thankful and grateful for not only our, our pastor and our pastor's wife um, for the opportunity to be here tonight, but also for my wonderful wife and family. And I'm very thankful and grateful for what God's doing in ARC. So um, I'm trusting and believing that, that we have good things in store this evening. If you have your Bibles tonight, I want to go into the book of Daniel chapter 3, and then we'll be getting in verse 1. Daniel chapter 3, beginning reading in verse 1, it reads, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits, and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura and in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, sent, to gather, uh, sent together the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up. We read into verse 3, it reads... Then the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, and the sheriffs, and all the provinces were gathered to the dedication of the image Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before that image Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at the time what ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, suckbutt, and psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship that golden image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And whoso not falleth down and worship that same hour shall be cast in the midst of a, a fiery furnace. And whoso falleth not down shall, not, shall be cast into the fiery furnace. Tonight, I want to speak to us tonight on this thought. It's time to take a stand. As we begin to pray all over the house and begin to set your Bibles down, God, I'm praying that you would begin to flow through this house tonight, God. Lord, I'm praying that tonight, God, God, we're going to learn how to take a stand, God. We're going to learn how to trust in you, God, and we're going to learn to be able to exalt you, God, and worship you, God. No matter what the situations that we may be up against, God, that we're going to believe in you, God, God, and we're going to flow through you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says amen. You may be seated all over the house tonight. In verse 1, we read that the king had made a golden image. And that this image was made to elevate his kingdom, his authority, and his undisputed reign. 
The Bible says that the king sent for everyone to be brought to see what he had made. Tell your neighbor that he grabbed everyone. As we read on, we found that they had set up this idol in an area where all could see it, and that when the king saw it, um, he saw that it was good, and that uh, it would be good for them to worship this golden image. The The king had made a declaration that if you don't fall and worship this golden image, that you would be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. He declared this as an ultimatum, a time to make a decision, a time to stand for what's right, and an opportunity. As we read, there was a king that had a golden image made for his kingdom, and he wanted this to elevate his kingdom and respect or represent authority, and that this idol was to become worshipped. And at face value, that might not seem like a, not, a lot just reading through the text. But when you read through your Bible, going back to Exodus chapter 20, if you were to read verses 1 through 6, it would read, And God spake these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage, that thou should have no other gods before me, that shalt not, that shalt not make any ungraven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that it is in the water under the earth. And thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments." We find God speaking, saying that there are no other gods before him, no graven image, and nor any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above. And the Bible says that thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for the Lord our God is a jealous God. And let me tell you tonight, church, we have to get up and get in in our mind tonight that, God, I'm going to choose to take a stand, even if nobody else will. I'm going to make a decision right now that I'm going to stand for what's right, regardless of what my family does, regardless of what my friends do. I am going to make a stand. As we return back to Daniel chapter 3 and verse 7, it reads, Therefore at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, all nations, and all the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up, whereby at that time certain Shedilians came near and accused the Jews. And they spake and said to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man shall hear the sound of the music that they would begin to play, and everyone should fall down and worship this golden image. And whoso not falleth down should be cast into the firing furnace. And once again, we see the people referring to this ultimatum. We see them referring to this command that they should bow and worship this idol. And as they began to look across the crowd, if we read into verse 12, it says, There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these men, O king, have not regarded thee. They weren't listening to him. They said, 
They said, They serve not thy gods, nor the golden image of which thou hast set up. Tell your neighbor they were taking a stand. When we read in verse 13, we find Nebuchadnezzar, full of rage and full of fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they brought these men before the king. And I could only imagine how obvious it must have been when they were gathered in this kingdom and every single individual began to bow before the golden image and bow before the king. And these three Hebrew boys begin to refuse to bow and they begin to take that stand. Everyone around them must have just been thinking, why don't you guys just give in? Why don't you guys just comply? And they're thinking, the king made a decree that if you didn't listen to him, you would be thrown into the furnace. And I then imagine what it must have looked like for the men to be taken up by the king's men as they begin to be dragged to the king. And what these young men must have felt, wondering if they're making the right decision, wondering if they're following, you know, what they've been taught their whole lives and what they must have felt when they were being drugged to the king. And they begin to drag them to the king. And as we read on into verse 14, it reads that Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do you not serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready, at the time that we begin to play our music, you fall down and worship the image that I have made. But if you worship not, you'll be cast in the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And whose God shall deliver you out of my hands? He once begins to give an ultimatum and a choice for them to bow and worship this false God, this false figment of of worship which we should not be following. And then he follows it up by mocking these young men and saying that if you don't worship, what kind of God would save you out of my hands? And if you don't worship, I will cast you into the firing furnace. And in verse 16, we read that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. They said this with intensity, looking back into the eyes of the king after he began to mock and disrespect our God. And they looked the king in his eyes and they said, If it be so, our God, who is able, we serve, deliver us from the firing furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be known unto the king, unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods. And I wanted to draw special attention in that verse 18 to gods. It says, with a little g, nor worship any golden image that thou hast set up. And with boldness they began to say, so the God with a big g, our God, the God that we serve, would deliver us from the fiery furnace and deliver us out of your hand. But whatsoever ye decide to do, I am not going to serve to choose your gods with a small g, but worship our God, our King of kings, and not worship the golden image that you have set before us. Tell your neighbor they are taking a stand. The Bible says in verse 19, Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. I can imagine as he's just, he tossed that disrespect of our God and they tossed it right on back. And he's full of rage and full of fury. And I can imagine he's just so mad. 
Why won't these young men worship me? Why won't these young men worship my God? And he was changed, and he took and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, therefore, and he commanded that they would be cast into the fiery furnace seven times hotter than it is normally heated. And he commanded his most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the fiery furnace. And the king was so mad, he told him, crank that thing all the way up. Don't want to leave no chance of them not getting out of there. And these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their garments, and were cast in the midst of the firing furnace. And therefore, because the king's commandment was so urgent, the furnace grew exceedingly hot, and the flames of the fire slew the men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It was so hot that when the men went to go put them in the fire, they were consumed by the fire of the furnace. And the three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down in the midst of the fiery furnace. And I can't help but like picture this in my mind. As Nebuchadnezzar's coming around the corner and he's looking into that furnace, it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished, and he rose up in haste and spake unto his counselors, Did we not cast three men into the fire? And then they answered and said unto the king, True, O king. And the Bible says when they looked into the fire, they didn't see three men, but they saw four. And the Bible says they were not harmed, and that the fourth is like the Son of God. Church, let me tell you what happens when you begin to take a stand. When you start to take a stand, God will begin to step up and move in your situation. When we are at our lowest point, God will be there for you. When all hope is lost, God will be there for you. When you are in the down and out, God will begin to move into your situation. When you don't know what to do, trust in the Lord. Trust in God. Take a stand, and he'll begin to provide strength and joy and peace into every situation of your life. But you have to take a stand. I don't know what you may be going through tonight, but I have a very simple message for you this evening. It's time to take a stand. Church, we have to take a stand in our worship. We have to take a stand in our prayer life. Church, we have to take a stand for our families. As we begin to read into our text, we read in verse 26, it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Ye servants of the Most High God. He began to acknowledge the fact we serve a Most High God with a big G. Says, come forth, come hither. And then they began to come forth out of the midst of the fire. And everyone gathered around and saw these men whose body had not the smell of fire. And the fire had no harm. Not even a hair was singed upon their bodies and their coats were not changed, and there was no smell of fire beyond them. And when those three Hebrew boys decided to take a stand, God began to move in their situation. Even in the midst of the fire, it had no effect on them, no, so, not even as much as the smell of the fire. And when you begin to take a stand, God will begin to move in your situation tonight. God will make a way when you think there might not be a way in your life tonight. Let me tell you, church, 
With us, there's impossibilities, but when you begin to trust in the Lord, all things are possible. But you have to take a stand. You have to put your foot down, and you have to say, God, no matter what the adversary has that's coming up against me, God, I'm choosing to take a stand in my life tonight, God. God, I know what situation I'm in might not be the best, but God, I'm choosing to take a stand. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise tonight. You may be seated. As we read in the verse 28, it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his saints that trusted in him. When you begin to trust in the Lord, God will send an angel. If you trust in him, he'll be able to move in your situation. And then it reads, And have changed the king's word and have yielded your bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except for their own god. The king began to acknowledge the fact that the Lord our God has sent his angel to deliver the Hebrew boys out of the fire that trusted in the Lord our God. And it says that they might not serve any god with a little g, but serve our God with a big G. Verse 29 reads, Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amidst the God, acknowledging our God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, shall be cut into pieces, and their houses shall be made of dunghill. Dunghill is something repulsive or something degraded, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. I'll say that again, church. There is no other God that can deliver out of that sort. There's no other God that can do the things that our God does. There is no other God that can provide like our God provides. There is no other God that can heal like our God can heal. There is no other God that can bless you like our God can bless you. No other God that can provide anointing in your ministry like our God can anoint. There is no God that can step into your situation and begin to shift and move you and gather you to what you're called to be and work together for the good other than our God. Somebody give God praise. I'm going to skip to Deuteronomy 28 and verse 13, and it reads, And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. Thou shalt not be above only, but thou shalt not be beneath. And if thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command to thee this day, to observe and to do with them, tell your neighbor, God wants you to be the head and not the tail. As we go back to chapter uh, 3 and uh, verse 30 in Daniel, it says, The king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. God decided to make them the head and not the tail. And let me tell you tonight, church, when you decide to take a stand, when you decide to hearken into the commandments of the Lord, God will begin to make you the head and not the tail. He will begin to put you ahead of the opposition. He will give you victory over any adversary of your life, any negative thought you may have in your mind. When you begin to take a stand, God will begin to move in your life tonight. Hallelujah. But you have to take a stand. Verse 
Church, there may not be a golden image of which you choose not to worship this evening, but this applies in many situations. Everybody in this room tonight has had to take a stand um, at some point in their life. You took a stand tonight when you decided to get in a vehicle and come to the church tonight. We all take stands, whether that be if we choose to live one way or live another way or, or make one decision or make a, a different decision. Or maybe it even could have been an influence that you allowed to influence you. Or you could have been trapped in addiction and hopelessness. But at some point, you've had to make a stand. You've had to make a decision. And church, when you get, a place, get to a place of having to take a stand, let me tell you the best place you could do it tonight. The best place you could take a stand is when you get on your hands and knees and you begin to plead with God and say, God, I need you in my life. When you begin to make your way to an altar and you begin to pray and seek after God to move in your life. When you begin to lift your heads and, and raise your hands and surrender yourself to God. Church, that is the place we have to get to when we are trying to take a stand. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's pray all over the house right now. Hallelujah, God. God, we're learning how to take a stand in that, God. Touch us right now, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, we feel you right now, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. You may be seated. Not only now, but throughout your life, it will be imperative for you to take a stand. Whether that be with idols, with influences, maybe peer pressure or whatever that might look like in your life, there will be times that you have to stand for what you believe in. There will be times that you have to stand for what's right. There's a well-known saying, and I think I've heard my dad say it probably more than just about anybody else, but it's, it goes, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. What do you choose to stand for tonight, church? Do you choose to stand for God? Do you choose to stand for what's pure and holy? Do you choose to put God first in your life? Come on, somebody. We're taking a stand tonight, God. We're choosing for you to flow within our lives, God. We're choosing for you to be first in our life, Jesus. Hallelujah. Everybody wants to test the limits until those limits break. And some people may put their trust in the things of this world, but let me tell you tonight, church, you have to put your trust in the things of God. Time and time again, I've seen amazing people that chose not to take an appropriate stand. They begin to sacrifice their life. They can sacrifice their anointing, sacrifice their calling. Let me tell you, church, I don't want to see another apostolic not take a stand for the things of the God, for the things of God to move in their life. I don't want to see another apostolic walk out those doors and not come back. I want to get to a point where ARC gets in their heart, God, I'm choosing to take a stand. God, I know my heart is, lies within you and within your presence, God, in your glory and your power, God. God, and I want to choose to take a stand and make that a basis of a foundation of my walk with you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Church, let me tell you tonight, when you begin to take a stand, there's no greater love than the love that you'll feel from God. There's no greater support than the support that you'll feel from the church. When you're at your lowest point, God will be there with you. 
The church will be there with you. But you have to make a choice. You have to take a stand. What does it mean to take a stand tonight, you might ask? And it means that we will not bow down or give in or be persuaded to anything contrary to God's will. It means standing for what we know is right. It means speaking up, even though our knees might be shaking. It means listening to that and following the still, small voice of the Holy Ghost. And when you take a stand, God will begin to move in every aspect of your life. Hallelujah, Jesus. Why don't we begin to pray all over the house tonight? God, we're exalting you tonight, Jesus. God, we're taking a stand tonight, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus, God. We're making up in our rhyme right now, Lord. We're taking a stand with you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Why don't we clap our hands all over the house tonight? Hallelujah, Jesus. Pun not intended. Let's take a stand all over the house. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, beginning to read in verse 9, it reads, For a great door and effectual is opened to me, and there, there are many adversaries. And I spoke about opportunity a little earlier, and when I spoke about opportunity, we read a text that said, The king had declared that if you don't fall and worship his golden image, that they would be cast into a firing furnace. And I began to say this. I began to say this was an ultimatum. It was a time to make a decision and a time to stand for right and an opportunity. And as we begin to make our way to the altar tonight, church, you have an opportunity this evening. An opportunity where you need to stay strong in your faith. An opportunity where doors will begin to open for you, but you have to take a stand. When you begin to be faithful with the little opportunities that God begins to show in your life, God will begin to give big blessings in your life. And verse 13 reads, Watch ye, stand fast in faith, quit you like men and be strong. And tell your neighbor, have faith. Tell your neighbor, be strong. And then the last verse I plan to read tonight is verse 14 reading, let all your things be done with charity. Let all things be done with love. And is there anyone that wants to take a stand tonight? Is there anyone that is going to make a decision that I'm going to stand for what's pure and holy? Is there anyone that wants to take a stand and begin to trust in the Lord this evening? And maybe you have something in your life that you might be seeking after. I want you to bring that to the altar tonight. As we begin to raise our hands all over the house, whatever you might be dealing with tonight, I want you to give it to God. I want you to take a stand, and I want you to trust in the Lord tonight. As we begin to pray all over the house, God, we're praying that you move in us, God. God, we're praying that you, you touch us, God, and that we're learning to take a stand. God, I'm you begin to flow through us this evening, God. Hallelujah, Jesus, God. God, that when we take a stand, Lord, we're learning to trust in you, God, and trust in your will and trust in your way, Jesus. Let's pray all over the house tonight, church. This is my desire. 
and let's pray. The Lord's been speaking to some folks about some decisions you need to make, some stances you need to take. And if you will take that, there is a blessing on the other side of that. It starts in an altar where you make a commitment to the Lord. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to live like I've been living. I'm not going to talk like I've been talking. I'm not, there's some things that are changing as of right now. And it doesn't matter if I stand out. I'm just going to stand. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just trust in God. Come on, that's it. Somebody pray. Hallelujah. There's some, there's some adults that need to make some stances in their home. There's some, some marriages that need to make some stances in their marriage. There's some business owners. You need to take some stances in your business. Hallelujah. But if you take those stances, there's a promotion. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for the word. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the word, Lord. Hallelujah. I just love that verse he read. That when they took the stand on the other side, there was a promotion for them. I can't tell you how many times that this is, this is just, you know, sometimes when somebody else is preaching, they preach a verse. I've read that verse a thousand times, and that never stood out to me. So, Brother Troy, thank you for that. That, that I've heard so many people say, well, Pastor, I can't. I have to work. And if I don't work, they're going to fire me. And I'll lose my job, and I'll lose that. You know, I, I, I've heard that. You know, you, people have excuses, and their excuses are their excuses. You can't talk them out of it. But they've already convinced themselves but I've actually seen the opposite be true I've seen employers actually respect people that say no maybe you haven't seen that I've seen that I've lived that I've lived that Joe there's some folks that are in this building here today they've just made the decision years ago and I'm using this example one example I'm not working on church night I'm not doing it I'm not doing it and well oh man you just don't know. You might go into the fire, but you will come out without the smell of smoke. And when you get on the other side, see, you know, there's some folks, they're clinging to it. They're clinging to some things that God actually wants to promote you out of, but because you won't let go of it and take a stance, you're not going to get that promotion. Amen. Hallelujah. But sometimes God's got to strip that from you. If you'll take a stance, you'll go through the fire but you'll come out. I love that verse. It says they were walking around loosed. Amen. They were loose from some things. They were loose from some things. You know, there's some marriages. You gotta, there's certain stances you have to take to protect your marriage. You know? And because the devil come in all sorts of ways. And you gotta say, no. There's some things. Can I talk to the men that are gonna try to come in your home? Even moms, dads, whatever. You need to say no. That is not coming in my house. Well, no, I, you know, I, I don't want to bother him. I don't want to upset the basket. I, no, that doesn't come in this house. You know, my dad used to say, I pay the bills, I make the rules. You don't like it, you go pay the bills. And, uh, and then they get the first bill, and they won't like that. They'll come back home. But 
There's some things, some stances you have to take. Well, I, I don't want my kids to be fed. I don't want my, you know what? If you look for everybody to like you, it'll, it'll never happen. I want there to just be peace. And you know, there's a difference between a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. A peacekeeper is looking to just pacify. But a peacemaker is, I'll go to war if it means at the end of this we're going to have some peace. Amen. Taking a stance and making a decision, a right decision, not an arrogant decision, not a, not a self-serving decision, but a decision that the Lord in His Word and through the preaching, God has convicted you of some things. And you take that stance and say, you know, this is what we're going to do. I want to tell you, God's going to bless you for that. God's going to bless you and favor you for that. Would you lift up your hands one more time all across the building? Would you pray? Hallelujah, Lord. God, I, I'm praying, Lord, that, that tonight that somebody would go home with the attitude of a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper, and go to their job with an attitude of a peacemaker and just make their decisions that I'm going to live like a Christian everywhere that I go. And when I'm at home, there's just certain things that I'm not letting into my house. And there's just certain things I'm not letting on to my phone. And there's just certain, I'm going to take stances that might seem weird to everybody else, might not be a big deal to everybody else, but I'm going to make those stances because I want to be a Christian. And I pray God a blessing upon everybody that makes the decision to serve you with gladness. In Jesus' name, amen. I leave you with this. Thank you, Brother Troy, for that. Let's give Brother Troy the wonderful preaching. Paul said, having done all to stand, after you've done everything you can do to stand, what was the next thing he told you to do? When you've done all, well, Pastor, I've done everything I can do to stand, and I'm tired, I'm worn out. Paul said, stand. Well, what do I do now? Well, what have you been doing? Just keep standing. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you got to keep standing. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand. Tell him God bless you. Amen. Greet Brother Troy. Tell him thank you for that word. Amen. We love you, and we will see you on Sunday or sooner in Jesus' name. God bless you.